Let's go right to the message this morning. How many want to learn from God's Word this morning? Amen. How many believe that the Holy Scriptures, the Scriptures, the Bible, is our guide in life? It's our road map. It's the, what we learn from, we grow in. We need the Word of God. We need the written Word of God to lead and guide us into truth. Thank God He gave men the power and the Holy Spirit gave them unction to write the Word down so you and I can have the Word of God. Amen. Our God is faithful. Say that with me. Our God is faithful. What does it mean to be faithful? Does anybody know what it means to be faithful? When we hear the word faithful, what, what brings that to mind to you? What, do you? what do you think of when you hear the word faithful? Faithful. What does it mean to be faithful? If God is faithful, what does it mean he's faithful? Uh, he's trustworthy. That's one of the words I wrote down. Faithful, trustworthy. He's honorable. You, somebody cannot be honorable if they're not faithful. If you're honorable, it means you're faithful. They work together. God is honorable. That's why he deserves all honor and glory. He's very dependable. Somebody that's faithful like God is, is dependable. He doesn't waver. He's not moved by what he hears or what he sees. God doesn't sweat at the brow. He's not nervous about the end times. He already knows what's going to take place before it happens. And he knows what's going to happen in your life tomorrow, next week. He knows what 2020 is going to take place in your life. He's not worried about your life. He knows that his hand is on you. Amen. And you and I need to realize that our God is faithful. He's trustworthy. He's honorable. He's dependable. And listen, God is faithful. Another, another good adjective for that is this, loyal. God is loyal to you and me. He's very loyal. And God is honest. Amen. God is loyal and he's honest. So let's go over this. Faithful. Our God is faithful means he's trustworthy. He's honorable. God is dependable. God is loyal to you and I. He's loyal to his word. He's loyal to his own kingdom. And God is honest. And we can trust the Lord. No wonder the Bible says in the last days, Jesus is going to come on a white horse and on the side, on his thigh, is going to read one that is faithful and true. Faithful and true. Our Redeemer is faithful and true. Let's go to the Word of God and look what the, the Word says. When we're in Deuteronomy here, it says this, The Lord did not set His love on you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any other people. He's talking about the children of Israel. For you were the least of all peoples. How many believe that God uses the little things to confound the wise, the foolish things to confound the wise? And, and God is just that way. He likes to make people say, wow, there is a God. It's evident in what he's doing. Look what he did with Israel. Scattered them all over. Now what is he doing in these last days? Bringing them all back together again. Amen. Because he keeps his word because he's what? Faithful. God is faithful. But because the Lord loves you. How many of you believe with all your heart God truly loves you this morning? Does he love you because he's faithful? Yes. He's loyal to you. He loves you with a loyal heart. He is consistent with his love for you. And praise be to God through Jesus Christ, his love for you and I this morning is unconditional. Unconditional, without wavering. And his love, God's love for you and I this morning is eternal. Because he's eternal. 
And you and I are going to live in eternal life. The corruption is going to become incorruptible. The mortal body will be immortal. You and I are going to be together with the Lord forever and ever if you're a believer, if you're born again, and you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Your name's in the Lamb Book of Life. It's written in there. You have eternal life because God's love is eternal for you. It's going to be a beautiful thing to be in heaven with an eternal God. God loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers. How, why did God keep the oath that he swore? He, he gave them an oath that they would go in and, and get the land and, and the promised land where there's milk and honey, and they will inherit that land, and that'll be the promised land. They will go in and take it and take possession of it. Now, how can he swear to that oath which he swore to your fathers? Because he's faithful. Because he's a man of his word. God keeps his word. He's loyal, he's trustworthy, and he's sincere. When he says what he's going to do, he's going to do it. Amen? Because he's faithful God. He's very faithful. The Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. How many believe that God did a lot of things for the children of Israel? Amen. He set them free and broke them out of many bondages, and he did many signs and wonders and miracles for them. One of the greatest ones, of course, is when they were being chased down by Pharaoh and all the chariots, and, and the children of Israel were like with their backs to them, and what was in front of them? The Red Sea. Now, how in the world are they going to get through the Red Sea when you got a, thousands of chariots trying to come at you and kill you? Pharaoh was there to what? Give them pats on the back? No, he was there to destroy them and get rid of them. The same thing that all nations are doing right now on the earth. They've had ever since day one. Annihilate and get rid of Israel. There's not many allies with Israel. There's not. And they're surrounded by enemies, and they always have been. They want to be annihilated. They want them off the face of the earth. Is it because of the color of their skin? Is it because they're brown-eyed? Is it because of their voice and the language they speak? What is the reason why... They want to annihilate and get rid of Israel ever since day one. What is the reason? The number one reason. It's because of Jesus Christ. It's because of Almighty God, His hand on them. And it's satanic. Amen? It is. And God delivered them. He parted the Red Sea. He parted the Red Sea and they walked across. Moses put the staff down and parted and a miracle took place and they crossed over the Red Sea. Why? Why did that happen? Not how. Nobody really knows how. God is God and he did it. Moses didn't do it. Moses is man of God. He's just a man. He, he couldn't part the Red Sea any more than you and I could part the Red Sea. Who parted the Red Sea? God. But how did he do it and why did he do it? Because he's faithful. He promised them that he would deliver them. Amen. And he will deliver you this morning. He will set you free of any bondages that you have. Anything that's hindering your life spiritually. And I know right now by the Spirit of God, there's, there's some of you in here this morning that have bondages. You're trapped. You're in bondage to sin. You're in bondage to I, your, your thoughts, the way you think. You're caught up in the ways of the world more than the, what the Word of God says, you have a bondage there that needs to be broken and set free. And who is faithful that can release you and set you free from bondage? God is. God is faithful. God is faithful. Let's go to the next, next slide there. Deuteronomy continues, Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God. Who is your God? He is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of Moses and Daniel, the God of Joseph, 
Amen? He's the God of Ezekiel, the God of all the great prophets. Hosea, the God of Amos, the God of Peter, Paul, John. The God that we serve is alive today and he is on his throne. He is a faithful God. He is your God. And we are to serve him and fear him and love him and honor him with our life because of he's been so good to you and I. Raise your hand if God's been faithful to you and you know it. How many can look back on your life, even as a child, you remember how faithful God was to you? And a lot of times we see it by how he spared your life. He spared your life. You're, you're here today. You've had years on earth where some people have not had the years you've had. God has been faithful to you because of his kindness and his goodness and his mercy and his grace towards you. I know for a fact that he spared my life many times when I was six months old. If you look on my ankle right here, there's a line goes right here where the tube went all the way up. I got, I had, uh, what was it, a, a fever I can't remember the name of it, a fever, but it was a deathly fever, and I turned blue as this shirt in my face, and my sister noticed as she was feeding me that my face turned completely blue, and I ended up going right to Edgerton Hospital in the ambulance at six months old, and I looked back on it after I got born again, and I knew that at six months old, what's the chances of me almost dying, coming that close to death? The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. And he has spared your life more than one time. I know he has. Many times you've had close calls, but God has been faithful to you like he's been faithful to me. We know that God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for how many generations? A thousand. Aren't you glad it doesn't say a hundred? A thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Now look at this. He is God, the faithful God, and he is merciful, but it's not to every person. Well, that's offensive. It's not to every person. There's something that we don't read here. With those who love him and keep his commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me and keep my commandments. How many times over and over did God tell Moses to tell the children of Israel over and over, Keep my commandments. Keep my statutes. Do what's right. Do those things that are well-pleasing to me. Keep my commandments. Why? Because I'm God and, and you're going to do what I say and you're going to be my slave? No. Keep those commandments and keep those statutes and do what's right so I can keep blessing you and you can see your, my hand on your life and your children will be blessed after you and those great-grandchildren and grandchildren after you and generations will be blessed because you obeyed and did what was right because God is good and he's for us, not against us. Amen? He is for you and I and not against us. And God is trustworthy. He's honorable. God is dependable. God is loyal. And God is an honest God. He is true. Let's go to the next, next scripture here, Brother Cecil. Oh, that's okay. I can read it. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says this. God is faithful. Say that with me. God is faithful. God is faithful to you and I. He's faithful to the true church. Unfortunately, nowadays, and don't take this the wrong way, please, but nowadays you almost have to say the true church because there's so much hypocrisy, there's so much apostasy going on all over the world in America, and churches can be full of people, but there's a lot of apostasy and hypocrisy there, 
and I'm not judging, I'm just saying the truth here. There's only one remnant of people, and that's those that really love and fear the Lord and serve Him with all their heart. You can play church, you can go to church, you can talk the talk, but it's another thing to walk it and to live it. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. We have to say the true church. And, part, and I, my prayer is that we stay true to God. We stay true to the word and to the true sound biblical doctrines that are in this word. That's important that we do that. We don't fade and we don't, we don't uh, wander off and start getting doctrines of demons. Can I hear an amen? amen? It's important that we stay true to God's word and stay true to our God as he's true to us. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Fellowship, two fellows in a ship. You and the Lord in a ship brings fellowship. Amen? He wants intimacy with you and I. God is faithful. You were called into the fellowship of his son. Not just knowing about his son. Not just knowing that there's some guy named Jesus that went to the cross and he rose again and it's a nice little story. No, he wants intimacy with you individually. He wants that closeness with you, that fellowship with you. That's why he said, I am now your friend. And I am a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'll take you through the highs and through the lows of your life. The, the trials and the tribulations, the struggles, the pain, the heartache, the disappointments, all the struggles in your life. I'm faithful. I'm still with you because I'm your faithful God and I'm your friend. And I will go with you, said Jesus. He's that way. He loves you and I that much. Amen. He gave you your handprints. He's the creator of all things. Nobody else has the same handprint as you. It's pretty amazing. And we want to have fellowship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen? Go to the next slide. 2 Corinthians 1, 18 through 20. Look what it says. But God is faithful. Our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Sylvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. How many believe that when God says yes, it means yes? He keeps his yeses. <laughs> when he says no, he means no too. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen. To the glory of God through us. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Yes and amen. Why? How can, God, how can Paul write that? by the Holy Spirit. How can this be truth? Because it's based on truth and reality of who God is. He is faithful. He is true. He keeps his word. He's genuine. He is God. And when he says that all my promises are yes and amen, his promises are yes and amen, period. Hallelujah. God is still on the throne. And who's beside him? Jesus Christ the Son. Amen. God is faithful. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, He who calls you is what? Faithful. He has called you to do something on this earth. It's not just to go to church on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. It's, he's called you for a purpose and a reason on this earth. To live for Him, to glorify Him, to please Him, to obey Him to honor him, and to lead others to him. 
to show them and tell them the good news of what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. You and I are here to be light and salt on the earth. You and I, no matter what age we are, how young we are, even the little children all the way to the elderly, doesn't matter. Even this day, you're here right now for a reason. There's a purpose behind it, and it's eternal. That because every day of your life is matters to God. Every single day you're on earth breathing and on this earth and not in heaven, there's a reason why you're here and not there yet. And God is faithful and he has a purpose for you. He called you. He is faithful who called you to bring him glory and honor and praise with the way you live your life. Amen? How many want to please the Lord? Truly. Do you want to please your Father in heaven? Do you really want to bring him glory and honor? Amen. That's what it's all about is living your life for him who gave himself for you. Hallelujah. Hebrews 2.17, faithful high priest. It says this, that Jesus Christ is our faithful high priest in the order of Melchizedek. But Jesus Christ is the high priest. And what is he faithful at? He's a high priest, but what is he being faithful in? Because it says he's our faithful high priest. Now, we know that Jesus Christ is God. He is God in the flesh. He is God the Son. Jesus Christ is God. And if it says in the Word that he is our faithful high priest, what is he faithful at as being a high priest? To make intercession eternally for you and me. To ever make intercession for who? The saints. Are you a saint today? Are you a believer in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is faithful to intercede on your behalf as your great high priest. He is faithful to intercede for you. How many believe that you need his intercession? Amen. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what 10 o'clock tonight holds. You don't know within the next hour what could take place in your life. You need a faithful high priest, and Jesus Christ is that faithful high priest. Amen. He's the one that goes before on your behalf. He is, listen, Jesus Christ is your advocate. <laughs> He's for you, not against you. He is there to represent you because of the blood of Jesus that speaks, because your name is in the book of life. Amen. How many believe that one day the books, with a plural, with an S on the end, the books will be opened? The book of life, but also the books that were written about you for you, I believe with all my heart there's a book that was already written for you and I, a life planned out for you and I to live. And, to see, and God is saying, I want you to obey that plan. There's a will. There's a reason why you're on earth, not just because I needed the earth populated. You're here for a specific reason. And it's in the book that I have written for you. And I want... Now, how many want to know who the author is of that book? God, your creator. And you follow him. He's the light of life. You follow that light, and he will lead you and guide you in truth. Praise God for that. God is our faithful high priest. 1 John 1, 9. I don't remember if I gave you this one, but how many can quote it? You should know this one. Come on, I feel like I'm in a classroom, but I, how many know what 1 John 1, 9 says? I know some of you know that. It says, he is faithful and just to forgive us. 
our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He is faithful and just to forgive us. But the scripture says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful with the two-letter word, if. If you and I confess our sin, then he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. If we confess. And it's very simple. Don't hold it in. Confess it. God already knows what you're doing. God already knows if you stumbled. God knows if you failed. God knows what's hidden there. Just confess it and say, God, I confess my sin to you. I ask you, according to your word, your word says that we are to remind you of your promises. You promised in your word that you are faithful and just. And I confess my sin to you, Lord. And I thank you that your word says that because you're faithful and just, your word also says that you forgive me of my sin. And I thank you for forgiveness today. Can I hear an amen on that? You don't have to live with guilt and shame and condemnation. You will if you keep it unconfessed. You've got to confess it. How many are thankful that you don't have to go in a booth and shut the curtain and confess it to a man that sins as often as you do? Now, don't get mad at me for saying that. There's literally millions of people on the earth that believe that's true. I want to go to my heavenly father and confess my sin to the one that he, not just because he hasn't sinned and can't sin because he's holy and perfect, I want to go to my heavenly father and confess to him my sins because he's the only one that can forgive me. You and I need the forgiveness, not just the confession. We need the forgiveness so we can be healed and restored and right with God. Amen. Amen. We're here to please the Lord. We're here to honor him. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Psalm 40.10 says this, I have declared your faithfulness. Say that with me. I have declared your faithfulness. Make declaration. Remind God often, thank you, Father. I declare and I thank you, God, for your faithfulness in my life. I thank you, God, and I declare your faithfulness over my children, over my grandchildren. I thank you for your faithfulness over our church, Lord. I thank you that you're faithful and true, that you hear the cry of my heart, you hear my prayers. I thank you, God, and I declare that you are faithful, and you are the only faithful God. And I put my hope, faith, and trust in a faithful God, because you keep your word. Amen? He is. And Lamentation says this, great is thy faithfulness. Lamentations 3.23, great is thy faithfulness. How many know that song? How many miss hearing that song? Tanya, I have to remind you, can we do that song sometime fairly soon? Great is thy faithfulness. That song is moving, isn't it? Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning. Hallelujah. He was faithful to you today to get you to church. He woke you up. Your heart is still beating. You have blood flowing in your veins. Amen. You have life today. Morning by morning, he is faithful and true. Amen. Aren't you glad? You know what? what's incredible is it's all by faith because we don't see him. You don't see God, but he's there and he's real, isn't he? Amen. Hallelujah. How many believe that we walk by faith and not by sight? How many believe that we don't go by what we hear or see or what others are saying? We go by what we believe, and we believe what God's Word says. We don't go by man's opinions and their thoughts and what they think. We go by what we believe. And we believe in what? 
the Word of God, the Scriptures, the Holy Scriptures. Amen. I want to read something to you, and I'm going to close with this. I'm going to read out of Revelation, and I don't do this often, but this is the Word of God, Revelation 21. And I really feel strongly. Try to pay attention to this because it won't be up here. But listen to not what I'm saying, but what the Word of God is saying in Revelation 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold! The tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said this, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these things and these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. Oh, hallelujah. You didn't get that. You didn't catch that. Listen to what this is saying, folks. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Betty gave a word and the, and the word was given. The interpretation was you are living waters flowing on the inside of you. If you thirst and thirst for those living waters, is he going to neglect that and let it go? No, he's going to fill you and fill you and fill you. If you're thirsty and hungry and thirsty for spiritual truth and righteousness and godliness and holiness in your life, he will fill you. You will not be thirsty no more. He is the one that satisfies. He, he is the one when you're thirsty and quenching water like in the natural. Drink of the living water and you will thirst never again because it is the living water that flows from heaven and is from the Alpha and Omega, Jesus Christ. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. I wish I could end it there, but I can't. Because all that we heard was very encouraging to those that love God and trust him and thirst for him and know him. A lot of promises right there. It's, I'm going to read that again. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And verse 8 starts with the word but. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars shall have their place and part in the lake of fire which burns and brimstone, which is the second death. You don't want to be living the way you should not be living. The Bible is very clear how we should live. Amen? If you stumble and fall, what did I just say you do in 1 John 1, 9? You confess, and you ask the Lord to forgive you, and you repent, 
and you turn from your wicked ways and you say, Lord, forgive me. I don't want to go the ways of the world. I'm, I'm a daughter and I'm a child and a son of God. I'm going to walk uprightly before the Lord and do what's right. Can I hear an amen? You want to, listen, you're not going to hear this every day. You're going to fear the Lord. And you're going to keep his commandments and do what is right and pleasing to him because you know your days are limited and the time is short. So we want to fear and honor the Lord because he's been so good and faithful to you and I and loyal and trustworthy and honest with you and I. And he is genuine and he is authentic because he is God and there is none beside him. And he wants your whole heart, he wants your whole life completely dedicated to him. Letting all your will be set aside and say, Father, not my will, but your will be done in me and through me this day. Amen. Now, is that the easy life? No. That's not the easy way, but it's the best way. And listen, it's the only way. Because we were born for one reason, to live for the one who died for us. You're not here to live for self. Live for self, you can go this way of the abominations. You can become a liar. You can be sexually immoral. You can be an idolater. You can have other idols in your life and put God off like the rest of the world. But no, we want to be the part of the remnant that says, no, I am going to honor and love God and keep his commandments. And if I fall, if I stumble in any way, thank God I can come to the throne of grace. And what do I find at the throne of grace? You find mercy. You, you won't always find mercy. They are not always going to find mercy. Today, you and I can go and find mercy. That's why we want to do it today. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for these precious saints of God, each one of them, Lord. Lord, I know that you love each one of us eternally. And I thank you, Father, right now. Just raise your hands and say, Father in heaven, thank you for your faithfulness. I trust you because you're trustworthy. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are loyal to me. You are honest. You are honorable. I will honor you, God, with my life. I submit to your Lordship. I submit to your kingdom. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. Teach me your ways, God. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Ain't the Lord good? Bless the Lord. Praise Jesus. Encourage one another in the Lord. Listen, I'm going to close with this. And don't take this lightheartedly. Don't just leave here this morning and live your life normal. Live your life on purpose for the will of God in your life and live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Live for him and fear the Lord and do what's right in your life. Amen? Go in God's grace. He loves each one of you. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. And is it hot in here or is it me? <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> hey, I love that.
that I'm going to continue to believe and pray for my children and grandchildren to fear, serve, and love God and fulfill the call of God on their life. My mind is made up that this church is going to have a revival and we're going to see the power and presence of God like none of us have ever seen before or had manifested in ever in our lives. My mind is made up that I'm going to be a man of prayer just like you're going to be a woman and a man of prayer. My mind is made up that I'm going to love God's word, I'm going to meditate on God's word, and I'm going to feed on God's word, and the word of God will come out of my mouth even as I meditate on it and think upon it and ponder it and chew on it, I'm going to speak the word of God. My mind is made up that I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. My mind is made up that I'm not going to be encouraged by fear in the ways of the world. My mind is made up that I'm going to trust God and have peace and joy and faith in the Lord no matter what the circumstances. My mind is made up today that I am going to serve the Lord if he comes before I breathe my last breath and go six feet under. My mind is made up I'm going to look for my king and my savior who's coming in the eastern sky. My mind is made up that I'm going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. My mind is made up that I'm going to preach the cross and Christ crucified and that he's resurrected from the dead. And my mind is made up today as a preacher and a minister of the God of my salvation that he is the only way. There's one way, one door, one truth, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. Is your mind made up today? My mind is made up today that I am going to put my hope in the living God. Amen. Let's go right to the scripture here, and we'll move right on. It says in Isaiah, Open the gates, that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. How many believe that America started out righteous? How many believe that it's falling faster than we can catch it? The wrong direction. How many believe that if the church humbles themselves and turns from their wicked ways and cries out to the Lord that the Lord will deliver and heal, bring forgiveness and heal that nation. How many believe that there can be a small season, enough that we can have a revival and a turning around in this country, that this country can fear the Lord and honor the Lord? Amen? It may not be a lot of people. It probably won't be very many. How many of you want to be a part of that remnant that is willing to pray for America? Amen. That truth may enter again back in this country. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. What I want to talk about this morning and minister to you today is getting our mind and our thought life in line with God's word. How many want peace in your life? Not peace in your front yard because it's Christmas time coming up. I'm talking about peace that passes all understanding, that it, it, nobody can even comprehend it. A, a peace that is supernatural that no matter what the circumstances are around you, you still have peace. Amen? Peace in your heart. That doesn't matter. Man can take my life, but my life doesn't belong to man. My life belongs to the Lord anyway. Amen? We want to have peace, and that comes from the mind that has stayed on God and His Word. Amen? We want to grasp this and get this in our thought life and get our thought life to change. Amen? Because he trusts in you. You cannot, listen, if you're not trusting the Lord and having peace in your heart, that's why you don't. Let me say it this way. 
You can't truly trust the Lord God if your mind is wandering. If your mind is not focused and centered on God and His promises round the clock continuously, you're not going to have peace. You can't have peace if you're not trusting the Lord. And you can't trust the Lord if your mind is wandering and your thought life is not in line with God's Word. Amen. we got to have... And it's taking our thoughts and our imaginations captive to the obedience of Christ. Amen. We want to be men and women of God that love God in our heart, our soul, and where else? In our mind. Our mind. The, 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 there's a movie and a book that says the mind is a beautiful thing. The Bible says that our minds and our hearts are evil, and who can know it? It's beyond evil. The Bible says that we need our hearts and our minds and our thoughts renewed, and we need a new mind and a new heart. Amen? Because you can't, if you have a little child, what is that child going to be like from birth? Disobedient and rebellious and stiff-necked and wanting to do their own thing. And you as a parent, if you spare the rod, what's going to happen? They're going to be disobedient, stiff-necked, and rebellious and continue their life that way. But if you don't spare the rod and you give them a little, a little swat now and then, that's going to teach them to obey. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Can I hear an amen on that? And we are to teach our children as well and our grandchildren as well as our own self to get your mind on the things above, not on things on earth. It's easy to be focused on always what we see, feel, and hear. Amen. But we want to focus on things that are eternal and things that are above. Amen. You want true peace from heaven? Guard your thoughts. I'm going to say that again. You want true peace that only comes from heaven? Guard your thoughts. Watch the things that you're thinking about. Ponder what you're thinking about. Is it always something that you're thinking about bringing fear? If you meditate on things of the world and the things of carnality and the flesh, you're going to be consumed with fear in your life. If you have fear continuously as a, as a pattern in your life, listen now, if there's a fear in your life that's a pattern and you continue to have a fear about something, examine your thought life. Think about what you're thinking about if you're thinking more on things that are consuming you in the flesh, in the, in the home, in your circumstances, whether it's physical, financial, emotional, but it's not focusing on the things above and on God's word and the truth of his word, fear will consume you. Trust me, it will. But if you focus your mind and your thoughts on the things of God and, and take those thoughts captive to the obedience of what the word says, not what I feel or what I see, Listen to what I just said. Get your thoughts captive to the obedience of what God's word says, not on what you feel or see. When you think about what you feel or see, it's not going to be of the word because it's called carnality. It's called an enemy against God. Your mind thinking things that you shouldn't be thinking, imagining things that are not of God. You need to think proper thoughts and imagine things in your mind that are spiritual that are pure and lovely and good. Amen? Right. Amen? Amen. The world is consumed with me, myself, and I. All they think about in the world, if you and I were not believers today, all we would think about, like they do in the world, is self. Everything is about me, me, me. I'm going to be this. I'm going to do that. I need this. I want that. I'm going to get that. I'm, no matter what happens, I'm going to do, get, and have my own way. That's the way of the world. 
It's even in sports. Well, how can that be? Well, just look at the contracts some of these guys get. I'm going to have it this way. I was good in college. I was a, I'm a top pick. I demand $10 million a year, and I won't settle. Or I'm going to sit out a year until I get what I deserve, what I'm worth. Me, me, me. That's selfish, and that's the ways of the world. A Christian would say, Lord, you set the salary. You make up your mind what you want to bless me with, God, but make sure, Father, that whatever you bless me with, whether you're a sports guy or work at a factory or work wherever you do, you say, Lord, whatever it is that I get, I'm thankful for it, but Lord, I want to be a blessing with what you've given me to others. Amen. amen. It's not about self. Amen, amen. Amen, Paul. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Let's go on to the next scripture here for sake of, sake of time here. How many recognize this scripture? This is a pretty common one here. 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. This is Paul writing to Timothy. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of what? A sound mind. But I, I want us to get... I don't want us to get ahead here now. I know we want to go right to the end here because we're talking about imaginations and thought life and, and things in our mind. But there's a reason why I wanted them to put the sixth verse up there. Look at, therefore, I remind you. Remind. It's in your mind. You're thinking. Remind you. Think back now. Re remember. There's nothing wrong with remembering things that are spiritual and remembering things that are benefiting you spiritually and eternally. He said, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. How many have a gift of God on the inside of you? How many have a gift from the Lord that you've given? Well, I don't sing, Pastor Matt, very well. I can't preach. I can't teach. No, he's talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you. You stir up that. You fervently flam that you fan that flame. That's a responsibility that each of us has. We stir up the gift of God within us. Lord, I'm about to teach and preach this morning. I stir up the gift of God within me right now. I don't feel like preaching. I may not feel like teaching. I don't feel like I have a message from heaven. But Lord, in faith, I stir up the gift of God on the inside of me because I know that today is divine because you placed me here today. And you say the same thing in your circumstance. You don't go by what you feel or what you want to do or don't want to do. You say, Lord, I'm here to obey you and I'm going to do, use the gift that you've given me and I stir it up by faith right now. And you stir it up. You stir up the gift that is on the inside of you, which has been given us. And praise God, the Holy Spirit, because he lives in us, we have a spirit that comforts, encourages. He, it also convicts us. But we don't have a spirit of fear but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Now, when you stir up the gift of God on the inside of you, it stirs up what? Fear? No. It stirs up power. It stirs up love on the inside of you. You want to love. You want to walk in divine love. You want to walk in the power of God because you're stirring up the gift of God which is in you, which is the Holy Spirit. And it brings what? A sound mind. Perfect peace has that man or woman whose mind is stayed on the Lord. Perfect peace to him or her whose mind is stayed on the Lord. Now, is it easy to do? 
It's not easy to do. But we want to do it. How many want to be obedient children today? You want to obey the Lord and keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight? How many want to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word? How many of you want to be a Christian that goes to church and doesn't just hear a message, but you live it the rest of the week? How many of you want to practice what you preach and preach what you practice? Amen. I know I do. And if you stumble and fall, praise God, there's what? Grace. There's forgiveness. There's mercy. There's the throne of grace where you can obtain mercy and find help for your weaknesses and your struggles. You go to that throne of grace and you find the help in time of need. Amen? Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. Pastor Caskilly be amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. I miss him today. Where is your dad, Amiraz? Somebody died? He went to the funeral. Okay. Amen, amen. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Be reminded of these things, says the Lord your God. Remember what I've said in my word. I'm going to give you a test this week to see if you will show me your diligence. Show me that you want to love me this week in your mind. Think upon me, says the Lord your God. I've given you a mind. Use it for my glory, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Listen to this now, you guys. In, in, in regards to this verse right here, that he's not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Sound mind can mean this. When it says sound mind, it means this in the Greek. It means good judgment. How many of you want good judgment in your life? Amen. You got a sound mind, that means you have good judgment. It also means that you have a discipline. Listen. A sound mind is a disciplined thought patterns. Your thought patterns aren't constantly critical, 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 negative. Instead of being optimistic and full of faith and hope, you're critical, negative, beating yourself up, beating others up, slandering, gossiping, rumoring, backbiting. You, start, you keep thinking like that, you're going to have that, a wrong pattern. How many want a good pattern in your life of Christ-likeness, godliness, where you're thinking things that are true and lovely and pure and honest and of a good report? You're building people up in your mind, not tearing them down with your thoughts. Right. Amen? Because, because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, what's going to speak? Your mouth. The things you say is because you say them because you mean them. Guard the words of your heart and your mouth. Watch what you're saying. But your thoughts, like, like Joyce Meyer's book says, I've not even read the book. I'll be honest, I've never read the book. But she is very adamant that this is very true. The battlefield is in the mind. That's just like the book title. The battlefield is in the mind. And if you read her testimony, Joyce Meyer's testimony, that woman had a problem with her mind. She really struggled with criticalness and negativity and, and slandering people and even coming against her own husband, constantly bickering and complaining. And she had to have a new mind and a new 
thought patterns come at, and guess what? God gave her victory and triumph because she realized she needed change. Raise your hand if you need change. I'm going to raise both of mine. We need change in our heart. We just sang it. Change my heart, oh God. We need to change our heart. We need, we need heart change. I know we didn't sing that song, but there was, there was in that, that, that song where it says, change my heart. Change my heart. How many really believe that it's easy to get your heart changed? It's not. It's called the will. It's called discipline. It's called self-control. It's called, I want to be what Christ has called me to be, and that's like him. Amen? So when you have a sound mind, you have good judgment. You have a disciplined thought patterns in your life. And listen, number three, ability through God to make right decisions. How many of you have made a wrong decision? Yeah, boy, the hands went up faster than ever on that one. Amira, is at your age you've made wrong decisions? What's the wrong decision you've made, young lady? I, I'm putting her on the spot here. She, being mean to her brothers and sisters. Yep, you don't want to do that. Amen. Israel said, Amen. Hallelujah. He interpreted for dad again last night in the prayer meeting, didn't he? You did a good job. You did a great job in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amiras, I really admire your, your like. You want me to have a childlike heart and a childlike spirit and childlike faith. Amen? Hallelujah, Jesus. So it's the ability through God to make right decisions. And when we make a wrong decision, what do we do? Ask for forgiveness, but more than that, what else do we do when we make a wrong decision in life? You repent. You ask God for wisdom. Lord, I ask you to help me not to make the wrong decision again. I want to learn from my mistakes, not repeat them. Amen? Hallelujah. And then 4 says this. This is important about the sound mind. It includes the qualities of self-control and self-discipline. When you and I have a sound mind, we have quality in us by the Holy Spirit, the gift of God in us, that you and I, we have that quality of a self-control in us. We have self-control and we have self-discipline. Boy, those are words you don't hear much anymore. Self-discipline, self-control. I remember my FIAD teacher in junior high. His name was Ted Scalisi. And he was probably, I'm six one. he was about this tall. And that man was, I think when I was in junior high, he was in his late 60s. And he just had that Italian look to him. And, man, he used to wear a, a shirt. Man, he looked, oh, man, he like, man, you don't want to wrong that guy. But he had a soft, tender way about him, too. But when he said something, you did it. And when he, he looked at you and he said, you need more discipline. you got to watch your self-control. When he said something, you listened to everything he said because, for one, he had success in his past life. He played NFL football for Chicago as a running back. So he wasn't just a fired teacher and a football coach. He actually played the sport and was very good at it. And I still remember, and I, I look back on it now, how God in his sovereignty and his wisdom has placed in your life and my life, even teachers and people in our life strat strategically placed in seasons in our life to get us to the place where we're at now. Amen? Seriously, because character is of the utmost importance. We've lived many decades, most of us in this room. 
Many decades we've lived. What matters is not how much you've done. What matters is what kind of person you are. It's not what you've done and what's on the wall and what people remember you as. It's what you are as a person that's more important today and what way you've lived your life up to this point. And what matters from today on is what? The way you live your life and the way you think, the way you have your imaginations and your thought life. Is it pleasing to the Lord? Is your mind stayed on God or is it stayed on the things that CNN and Fox News and all of them are telling you every day? Is your mind stayed on the word and on the truth of the word, the promises of the word, the prophetic word, what's coming to pass, what's coming and taking place before our own eyes? Is your mind stayed on that with hope and faith? If not, you'll be consumed with fear. Trust me, in these last days and these end times, if your mind is not stayed on the Lord and you don't take captive the thoughts that come into your mind and your imagination, you're going to be consumed with fear. And God said he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love. Power, what? Over all the works of darkness. Power over all the enemy and all the lies and the deception. You have power over that through what you think and what you meditate on. And we think on what? Things above. We think on things that are holy and pure. We think on the word of God, amen? And we guard the words of our mouth. Amen? If you're thinking about things that are pure and lovely and heavenly and scripturally, what do you think is going to come out of your mouth more often? Good things. Amen. Very true. Warfare in our mind must be spiritual. We are in a battle. You and I are in a battle. We can't see it. I can't see it in your own mind. I can't go in Dwayne's mind and his brain and live his life for him. He has his own mind. He's got to fight that fight spiritually in his mind. You, you and I are in a spiritual warfare in our mind where we constantly have to say to ourselves, to our spirit man, and to the Lord, I am going to serve the Lord. I'm going to do what's right. I am going to fear and honor the Lord with my life. I'm going to obey the Lord in this situation circumstance. And even when your flesh screams and cries out to do what you want to do and do what's wrong, you say, no, 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 I'm going to do what's right. Because right is right and wrong is wrong. I'm not going to call evil good and good evil, even though the world does. Can I hear an amen on that? All you have to do is look at our generation right now. Half the time you don't know which bathroom to walk in. And you won't even be offended if you walk in the wrong bathroom. That's sad. We live in a nation where there's a governor on the East Coast that even allows babies after they're born to be aborted. Where's this country headed? It's because of the way they think. They're not thinking of the fear of God and what the word says. They, they laugh and mock this word. Only at a funeral or a wedding will they say, bless you. Or when there's a death, they'll say, my prayers and thoughts go out to you. Well, what kind of thoughts are they? When you and I pray and give our thoughts out to somebody, we really pray and we think good things. Amen? Because our mind is like the Lord. Let's go to the next scripture here real quick. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Where's our battlefield at? It's in your mind. It's in what you think. It's in the imaginations of your heart. We want our imaginations and our thoughts to be on the Lord and on the word of God. Amen? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and laying in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought 
into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That is not easy to do, but it's, it's not a suggestion. If God put it in the Word, that means we can do it by the Spirit. Not in the flesh, you'll fail. But by the Spirit of God, if you walk in the Spirit and not the flesh, walk uprightly in your heart, you can take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. It's a process, though. How many have been a Christian more than 10 years in here? How many more than 20? How many, how many have been a believer more than 30 years? How many more than 50? Okay, are you still having to remind yourself that you have to take your thoughts captive? Yep, it's going to be a struggle until the day we breathe our last breath. We cast down those imaginations. The root cause of strongholds, listen to this now, and it says bringing in the thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, but we're talking about strongholds, pulling them down, wrong strongholds, wrong thought patterns in your life. Now listen to this. The root cause of a stronghold is a lie, and behind every lie is a fear, and behind fear is an idol. I'm going to say that again. Strongholds, what's behind a stronghold is a lie that you believe because you had fear, and behind every lie is a fear. You believe it because you have fear, and behind fear is an idol. And basically what it means is you have an idol because you and I we have failure to trust in God's provision for us, whatever that need is, physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually. What it is is we're saying, Lord, I trust you, but I don't. I trust you, and I want to trust you, but I'm not sure about this way. Now, this area I struggle with, God. It's a fear. You're failing to trust in God's provision for us. Through, the provision comes through what? You being good? It's through Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus Christ that that provision has already been made. All things that we need pertaining to life and godliness have been given to you and I through Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that again. Everything that pertains to life and godliness has been given us through Jesus Christ. It's there for us. We receive it. And he, the Bible even says, and I'm, I don't have to put it up, but I want to read something. I'm not even going to turn to it. I know what it says. In Philippians 2. In Philippians 2, you can look at it later. If you remember anything, remember this right now. Philippians 2 says this, that you and I are to consider others better than ourselves. That we are to have a lowliness of mind. Listen, lowliness of mind. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to, it says in Romans. Don't think of yourself that you're, this, you're, you're smarter than the other person. You've got a better education. You know the word of God more than so-and-so, so you're a little bit above them. That's wrong thinking. You're not to think too highly of yourself. Does it mean that you beat yourself up and you constantly ridicule yourself and scorn your own name? No. It just means you walk in humility and you walk humbly with the Lord and realize that you are but flesh and He is God and that you are but dust and you are the Lord's, but He is God. And you're not to think more highly of yourself than you are because otherwise you end up getting idols in your heart. You get idolatry in your heart. You start thinking more highly. That's the way the world is. They, they even inf infiltrate it into the children. You're wonderful. You're going to be great. You're, your inner self, your inner self and who you are inside of you. You can do whatever you want. You become whatever you want. You just think it and you can become it. It has nothing to do with God's word. Forget God's word and what that says about the Bible. It's all about you and what that inner, inner destiny in you and that inner, oh, what do they call it, like a 
inner strength or power that's on the inside of you. I don't want any of that. I want to be dead to self. Can I hear an amen? amen? The Bible says that I am to crucify my flesh and deny myself and take up the cross and follow Christ daily. It's not about me. It's about him and him living in me and through me, him speaking through me, him loving through me, him forgiving through me, him walking with me. Amen? In him I live and move and have my being. Amen? Hallelujah, Jesus. The root cause of strongholds is a lie, and behind every lie is fear, and behind fear is an idol. But, and that's, we have to learn to trust the Lord. Say that with me. I will trust the Lord. I don't have a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. And listen what it says in Romans 12, right here. You don't have to turn, I'm going to write this. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you, you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How many want to know and walk in the will of God? Amen. Then you got to conform, not to the world, but you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You get transformed into the likeness and image of Jesus because you become like him. For I say, through the grace given to, you, to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. To think. Listen to what he's saying. To think. It's a mind thing. Paul is saying, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. See, it's your thoughts. Think humbly. Think lowly. Think others are better than me. I'm here to serve God and serve others. What can I do for you today? What can I do for you today? What can I do for you today? What do you need today? What do you need prayer for today? See, you're thinking more, you're more concerned with the other than yourself. That's the mind of Christ. And even Philippians, like I said in chapter 2, it says that we are to consider others better than ourselves and to look not only to our own interests, but to the interests of others. And then the scripture says this, listen, let the mind of Christ be in you. It doesn't say the words of Christ even. It says, let that mind be in you. It says, let it be in you and be of one mind, be lowly in mind, be like-minded. All of that is in those few scriptures in 2 Philippians. Be like-minded. Let that mind be in you. Have one mind together. Our minds and our thoughts should be what? Focused on what? The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Being a witness, an ambassador for the Lord. Loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. We have that mind and that thought that we are here to serve the Lord and do the work of the ministry. Can I hear an amen? It's not just the pastor doing it. It's not just Cecil running sound or Dwayne doing his part or Pastor Al or Pastor Judy. You as a partitioner have to take your place in the body of Christ and do what God's given you to do. And a key to victory and triumph in your life and getting those strongholds broken down is your thoughts and the way you think in your life day by day and not allowing false imaginations to come and consume your thoughts. You've got to cast down those imaginations, anything that is against the word of God, and you say, no, 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 my mind belongs to the Lord. I'm going to have the mind of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen, amen. Let's stand up and let's pray. How many of you want deliverance today? You've, you're struggling in your thought life. I see a lot of hands go up today already. It's, it's an area where we need deliverance. We need power of God to set us free 
from the thought patterns we've had that have become such a stronghold in our life. There's many of us today, and many in, in, and I'm just going to say United States, many people have bought into the lie and the deception of selfish thinking, and it leads to criticalness. Your, 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 your struggle in your thoughts and in your mind, constantly critical of others because you don't like who you are. So therefore, you're constantly critical and negative towards others and towards circumstances in your life, in your family, in your home, in your church. And that criticalness is because you've allowed a stronghold of wrong imaginations. And really what the root of it is, you don't like who you are as a person. But God loves you as who you are, and he's asking you, like the word says, love God with all your mind, not just your heart, but with your mind and your soul your intellect, the way you think, the way you think about things and think about others. And when you find yourself being critical and negative towards others or even towards yourself, listen, even towards yourself, stop it. Stop it in the name of Jesus Christ. Take authority over it that's been given you in the name of Jesus. Say, no, no, no. My mind will come into obedience to the word of God. I am a child of the Most High God. I'm a servant of the Lord, and my mind will stay on the Lord. Amen? Amen? And we take captive those thoughts and we say, no, I'm not going to allow those negative thoughts to come in. And when they do, you ask God to forgive you and to change you and to help you with your thought patterns. Amen? Amen. Amen. Raise your hands right now. Say, Jesus, I need your help with my thought life. Help me, Jesus, with my imaginations. I take today captive my thoughts, my imaginations in accordance with the word of God. I will have the mind of Christ. I will think like Jesus. I will act like Jesus. I will talk like Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Cover myself right now. Put your hands like this on your head and say, I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. Mind come in line with the word of God. Think right. Think right in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Think straight. Think right this week. Get your mind on the Lord. If you see yourself wandering, imagining things you shouldn't, and then it leads to visualizing this and being negative or being critical or beating yourself up, stop it. You have a will and you have the Holy Spirit in you to take authority over and say, no, I'm not going to live that way. Amen? Amen? And don't think too highly of yourself more than you ought to, but also listen. Remember that you're very loved by God and you're loved in this church. Not for what you are, but for who you are. Did you hear what I said? I want to remind each one of you today that you are dearly loved by God and us here today. Not for what you are, but for who you are. That you are God's child. You are his creation. And we love you just the way you are here. Amen? I delivered to this house in this big, nice, fancy home, and they got a big mat out on the front door, and it says this, and I thought, man, I wish we had this right out the front of our church, because it really ministered to me, and it, all it said was, come as you are. The, I'm talking a half-million-dollar house here, or maybe more, 
and it says, come as you are, to me it says, they're not, they're not so concerned about what their house looks like. They just want you, when you walk in the front door of their house, you come as you are, you're loved and welcomed. Come on in. And that's the way it should be at Gentle Shepherd. Come just as you are. You're loved just the way you are. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. What matters is where you're going today. Can I hear an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Who wanna you want to follow Jesus? Amen. amen. Let's follow him together then. Amen? amen. Praise God. I just want to remind you, Wednesday nights and Saturday nights at 6, we have prayer for revival. Amen? Glory to Jesus. Dave, I know.